Tell your story, build your brand. ArtMediaNorthwest.com. A-R-T-M-E-D-I-A-N-W.com. Now enjoy this conversation with Kamina Kapow. All right, welcome. Uh, so I want to say thank you, Kamina. You're, for, you're welcome. Yeah, for doing the podcast. Um, so, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Um, I think it's great to uh, share, you know, your your expertise and your <laughs> your I, music. I don't well, generally feel like an expert, <laughs> but um, definitely going to try. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, you play music. I do a lot of things. You do a lot of things. So um, can we start with uh, what kind of kid were you? First question. In the beginning. Um, I was very quiet. Yeah. Um, did not make much eye contact. And my family described me early on as being a really easy kid. Okay. Just put a train set around me and I'd sit there for hours and entertain myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was that way in some ways, but yeah. Um, but without anything in my hands, running around like crazy. I need something to do to sit still, but <laughs> when I had it, hours. And after, now that I've worked with kids, I know that uh, kids don't sit still for hours and entertain themselves. Right, right, right. That is so true. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the challenges, different challenges you've been dealing with in recent years? Uh, cancer was a big one. That's a very big one. I changed a lot. I've, uh, I feel like a very different person. Um, and I've learned uh, a lot about <laughs> health, and I think I had to, the general expectation that a lot of people have, like, after someone's in remission, you know, they're getting better, they're healing, and it's just, that's, it's like an, it's a forever. A forever remission or yeah. healing. Yeah. Wow. You don't bounce back. You have a new normal. A new normal, and getting used to that. Mm-hmm. So what activities did you like doing before versus after um, uh, as far as like? I uh, was really into photography and cancer wipes me out. And so I do a lot more things that allow me to sit and relax. Yeah. Now. Sure. Um, I would say I enjoy a lot of the stuff I do more now. I have a lot more patience. Uh, I had time to sit and not work, and all I did was focus on arts and crafts and finding what I wanted to do. So you kind of turned it into an opportunity to do what you want to do. Would you say that, or? Uh. I mean, it's... Obviously, there was a lot of like. I wouldn't not consciously. I didn't like sit down and say, sure. "You know, what I'm gonna do <laughs> this. Really sucks, so I'm gonna uh, make it not suck." Right. Um. But 
yeah, I definitely didn't want to just sit around and feel miserable. So I did find things that brought me joy. I think that's something that is huge. Like, I think it's really important for people to do that. And I think a lot of people that don't go through that or haven't gone through that have not uh, found their joy, I guess. Really? I think. I, I mean, I talk to people frequently when I'm teaching, especially, you know, and I had one gentleman who was, let's say, in his mid-50s quite a few years ago say to me, I have very little joy in my life. Wow. I don't have much to look forward to. And I think that you could give him a fresh perspective on that. I'm going to just hug him. <laughs> I don't know what I would say. That's Sometimes that's what people need, I guess. Um, so with the cancer, do you want to talk any more about that and how that's... I mean, I think that the patience and finding your joy, I think, is... Like, that's... You turn something so, you know, sort of horrible and probably very painful and frustrating and a lot of different you know, emotions and feelings went along with that um, into, you know, being mm -hmm. able to do what you enjoy. Yeah, I think that um, I'm just, I don't know, sometimes I think people see it as something that came from cancer, but uh, I've just always wanted to make art and it yeah. brings me joy and that didn't change when I got sick. That makes a lot of sense. So you're an artist all the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. That's cool. So can you tell us a little bit about your art now? We're going off course a little bit, sorry. With the insurance thing, can you tell us about that a little bit and then we'll go to the art in a second. Insurance. Um, I hate it. It exists to make a profit off of not giving me what I need, and I hate it. Everything about it. Wow. And you probably have countless stories of dealing with this, right? There was about three months in a row where it was a full-time job trying to get something covered, and I lost in the end because all they did was push me off. Uh, you know, forward me to different departments who couldn't help me. It was just all about getting me off the phone until time ran out. Because there's only, a, a, there's a certain timeline where you can appeal and get things taken care of. And if they can just fight you the whole way, they don't have to cover it eventually. That's horrible. <laughs> it's such a horrible it's racket. It's a nightmare. Yeah. That makes me feel a little bit better about my insurance, which is zero. <laughs> I've had health insurance one year of my adult life, and I'm nearing 50, so uh, oh. I probably need to change that soon. Well, I mean, I have PTSD, so I'm afraid of ever not being covered. It's uh, the best option. Like, I, yeah, I don't know, because I've seen people that didn't have insurance that ended up doing better than I did. I mean, financially. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I still wouldn't want to risk it. No, I know. <laughs> That's, I'm working on that. I, I have four jobs now, so this is... 
I don't think I would feel this way if I hadn't been sick. Right. I went without insurance a lot uh, in the early years. Art jobs don't usually provide insurance. <laughs> this is the truth. It's a trade-off. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't th- I wouldn't have insurance now either, except that I'm married. Okay, so uh, that helps. Yeah. yeah. Yes, definitely. Helps being married to someone that's stable. That has their insurance <laughs> yeah. and stability is good. Definitely. So, um, so how have things been going over the past six months to a year? Um, well, health-wise, I like went through another round of... <laughs> had allergy problems and found out I had a severe corn allergy that was causing nonstop ear infections for a whole year. Oh my gosh. Also, um, when you've gone through chemo, your teeth fall apart. <laughs> so it's just, it's just continuing health-wise, yeah. and I think I've found my groove. I know what to expect from my body. That's a positive. I'm able to recognize my limits before I hit them. Um, so I'd say generally I'm feeling a lot better the last year. Shooting forward. <laughs> <laughs> I do that naturally in conversation. Just yeah, slowly back. back away from <laughs> yeah. people. <laughs> so, so over the last year it's going better because you're kind of learning how to work with what you have, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, uh, there are no instructions out there for life after cancer. Well, I think you're helping give people some instructions now. So, so now, now there are, in a way, at least according to Kamina. I don't know. So, (laughs) I guess we already addressed this a little bit, but what are some of the experiences and tools that you've sort of gained to help others deal with similar circumstances? I think uh, what has helped me the most getting through all this has been finding things that I can control because there's so much chaos and being sick and not knowing what's coming next. I learned to just sit and live in the unknown, and it's scary. So, yeah, <laughs> the tearing up a little bit. That's okay. So I learned crochet and figure out how to control all of it and go from learning to making my own patterns, uh, mastering something was such a great way to take my mind off everything I didn't have control over. Yes. Um, Not just being sick in the unknown, but in, uh, like not being able to help as much around the house. I don't, I don't know that it's, um, how do I say that? It's okay. It's hard to feel out of control and 
a lot more useless. I can't help as many people. I don't feel like I'm as part of the community. I've just mm. been ripped away. And being young with cancer and not knowing a lot of people my age going through what I'm going through. Uh, overwhelming feelings of being out of control of my situation. So I figured out that I still had energy to create and I could still connect with people in that way. And I still had energy to be a listener. Uh, but the thing about when you have big problems, people don't want to come to you. <laughs> To have you listen to them. Because you know? they're like, <laughs> like, I'm complaining about having to wake up early for work. And yeah. you're like dealing with Yeah, and I'm like maybe dying. So um, there was a disconnect there. But I, uh, I fought. I argued with people. Like, no, tell me. Tell me about your petty day. Bring me back into reality. Wow. We don't think about that stuff. Yeah. And still, after having gone through it, I still have a very strong instinct to not go with my petty problems to somebody who's experiencing a lot worse. But mm. sometimes they want it. Yeah. You know, put feelers out. That makes a lot of sense. And trust that someone who is stressed out and sick maybe does know what they need. I think a lot of times people are like, I'm the caregiver. I'll give you what you need. What you need is... And they list things that would be great for them. Wow. And then I'm like, no, I don't need you to come sit with me and have me try to have a comp tell you about how I was too tired to right. do a lot of things that people thought would be good for me. Oh, uh, yeah. So what were some examples of, uh, or we don't have to go into that, but like some examples of things that people tried to do that were not helpful that would have helped them maybe but weren't what you needed um i think getting me out of the house was not something i wanted to do <laughs> and people think you know get some fresh air get some exercise it always makes you feel better to have those things yeah but not when you're going through chemo turns out and every, it's, it's one of those things that's like pouring out of me and I'm crying now because I don't always feel welcome to talk about that kind of stuff because it bums people out. And I don't have that popular opinion that you should um, find the beauty and all these terrible things that happened to you and find a way to learn from them. Like, I'm of the opinion that there's nothing I learned from having cancer that was worth having cancer. That's what really well said. Um, and yeah, I, I learned some stuff and I'm not going to be like, you've learned some stuff. Oh, that's, uh, not help. Some of the things are helpful. Yes. Uh, I know how to talk to sick people now. I didn't have that skill before. I, but I tell you what, if somebody was like, I'm going to take that skill away and also your experience having cancer, I would say yes, please. Yeah. So how does a person talk to sick people? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I mean, I don't either. 
Um, I think that I try to make sure that they know what I'm comfortable with. And that helps me. I mean, that helps me in life. I don't always know what people want to give. And people want to give something usually, but I don't know. Uh, more communication, probably. Yeah. Trusting communication. Is it is it communication in listening or in speaking? Or is it both? Um... Probably both. But knowing what to say and what not to say? I mean, because it's a a complicated... I think that, like, easier said than done, but people should not worry so much about um, saying the wrong thing. I think that's more about their own discomfort and Mm -hmm. not the discomfort of the sick person. More like, I don't want to be the person who who said the wrong thing. Right. Not... I'm really worried about hurting this person by saying the wrong thing. Because okay. m- most of the time in those cases, the wrong thing is something really simple and you just didn't understand. It's not like you're bullying the sick person. Right. That makes sense. So um, be bold that be bold in approaching a sick person that you're going to be wrong, Maybe. Be okay with that. Yeah. Because you don't have the same experience. You can't know what they're really dealing with. Right. Yeah. And reading it in a book or in a magazine article or whatever is not going to help you truly be empathetic to the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that true empathy only exists between when, when we've really had a similar situation. I think people try to empathize. Right. People have been like, I know what it's like to have the flu. <laughs> right. It's yeah, not no. like that. No. Bless you for trying, but <laughs> yeah, a lot of people have tried to relate to me. You know, they've been through hard things. And I enjoy that. You know, it doesn't um, upset me. It's not Well, a conversation is two-way, right? So if I say, you know, I went through this thing and I'm saying it to you and you're like... Yeah, opening up and relating. Yeah, opening up and relating is great. I think it's when it gets to the point where they're like, I know how you feel. (laughs) Just hit the brakes before you say that. Yeah, don't say that. Right. That's that's an example of saying the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, is there any more that you want to... We can always come back to it if you think of something else you want to share with that. Sure. Um, so, can we talk about your art, photography, creativity, crocheting? Mm-hmm. You know. What do you want to know, Danny Oaks? <laughs> well, Kamina Kapow. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I... Years ago, did an album with a friend of mine in 1998, and we lived on Wabash. I don't even know how to say it. There's an old song, Wabash Cannonball, but like in North Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, we called the album Wabash, but it was just like Wabash, you know, just like, like <laughs> try to make it like a bam, kind of like yeah. Batman. Kapow. Kapow, right, yeah. So, reminds me of that. Um, so, f- 
you did photography for a lot of years. You said you've been doing Photoshop since 2000, or since you were 13 years old or something? Yeah, that was yeah. Um, long before photo editing. I knew Photoshop before I knew it as a tool to play around with photos. Um, and before that, I was um, using MS Paint on the computer as a kid. My dad built computers, so I was oh, wow. always around computers. Wow. So there was never... I'm I'm uh, of the old oldest millennials <laughs> time period, and so a lot of my peers didn't grow up with tech as kids, but I just happened to because my dad was really into it. So there was never a transition for me. It was always digital. It's just another way to make art. I can draw on a computer just like I can draw on a piece of paper. And it didn't feel like there was a change happening. It was just two options that were given to me. And I enjoyed both of them. I liked... I don't even remember what I was making in Photoshop when I was using it. Probably just a mess. <laughs> like kids do. Just figuring out what everything does. And with photography, I took a class in high school. I did not do well. Um, my teachers pulled me aside and my photography teacher and English teacher had spoken also with my previous year's English teacher and they all sat me down to let me know that I should focus more on writing and maybe, um, maybe photography wasn't for me. God, that is like so sad and funny at the same time. <laughs> Because I was like, that's fine, that's fine, but I'm still gonna do it because I'm enjoying it. Right. That's not, I'm not, and I wasn't enjoying writing. I was like good at it, but I feel like every time I write something, I go back and look at it later and I'm just cringing and uncomfortable. <laughs> but I don't feel that way with the visual art that I make, so I'd rather do that. That's funny. Uh, so what drew you to art when you were growing up? I mean, you talked about the technology thing already, and then we're talking about, you know, kind of the photography class. Um, and, and, and if I can just kind of uh, set something in here, too. When I was growing up, uh, I loved doing art until I took an art class. <laughs> and then my mom was pissed at the art teacher who, like, made me not love art anymore. <laughs> So I, yeah. you know, they're really good at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think like learning languages, the way that that's often taught in schools, it's uh, people don't learn that way. It's like, yeah. we're not going to start with grammar and syntax and we're just going to have conversations and listen and, and, and view people interacting. And that's how we learn naturally. I, I think learning naturally makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. I'm very hands-on. Yeah. Um, my husband, however, thrives in that environment wow. of analyze it, take it apart first, put it back together, and then you speak the language, then you know the program, then you know how to do this new hobby. He started cooking, and he's, like, read these giant books on the science of cooking and how oils work. <laughs> Uh, there are certain people that thrive yeah. in that environment, yeah. but there are not enough of them for it to be how the system is the put together. The standard, yes. 
Yeah. I don't think you can standardize everything. I think that's sort of the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we have to be able to test you on this, so follow our curriculum. And it's like, yeah, but I do better in this environment. I mean, one of the podcasts I listened to is the Tim Ferriss Show, and he uh, said when he was in kindergarten, uh, the teacher was you know, disciplining him or yelling at him because he was drawing when they were trying to learn the alphabet. And <laughs> he's like, would you please leave me alone and let me focus on drawing sharks? <laughs> so, is what he told the teacher. Yeah. So, you know, and then his disdain for authority started right there. So <laughs> I, I'm also not a fan of authority, which is, it, it's weird because I'm also a nanny and an authority figure <laughs> to children. Yes. So I'm constantly trying to find that line between not just doing things because that's the way it is and I'm in charge, which it does get that way when I get tired and all adults get tired and they should let, like, kids have too much energy. Yes, they do. <laughs> we can't keep up with it. But also trying to figure out how I can not be authoritative let them have freedom without it getting out of control that's a tough balance i mean i look at the school systems and yeah they could be better but i have no idea i don't i have no idea what the answer is yeah yeah i don't know there's not you know they can't put them in a rubber room and just let them (laughs) bounce around or whatever i guess a bouncy house like before and after there were some kids that would thrive in that situation (laughs) there are a lot of kids that learned really well through movement it's true. So, are there any common themes in your art that have childhood roots? I would say mixing humans with um, elements of nature. Can you give us an example? With a lot of my my series of portraits from a few years ago, it was a portrait with like wings uh, made of fire or hair made of clouds. Um, I have one with a a little girl shooting lightning from her fingertips. I think my first one was the first time I took it from just being a something I doodled and put it into photography was when at the time she was a kid at the summer camp I was working at and um, I was taking some photos and she came back the following summer and said I've practiced all year at modeling and I want you to try to take something cool of me and I felt so honored and took some portraits of her and um, she was like you know, you know, do something crazy with the photo because she'd seen some editing that I had done, like changing eye colors and stuff was as far as I'd really gone. And I took a rose and I put it in place of her eye and painted it in so that it looked like it was coming uh, from her skin and added, I guess you would call it like an abstract background. So she was in a cloud of light beams and that was the first time, um, uh, I don't know what you say, that was a moment for me. That was when I was like, oh, 
I this can, is cool. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I and I have I just happen to have the skills in these two separate areas. Why haven't I mashed them together before? Right. So what year about was that? I want to say that was about 12 years ago. I don't know what year it was. I'm not a dates person. That's all right. <laughs> 12 years ago is good. So that's when that began. When you yeah. started started creating these this human fantasy world for now is that specific to the portrait of the person? Is that where the idea comes from? Or so basically like uh, with one person you take a photo of them and then you put wings on them right. made of fire. Sure. Did you already see that when you were taking the photo or is that something? Good that question. Good question. I have aphantasia. I don't see anything before I make it. Um, so everything I make is I'm I'm like a kid playing in a sandbox. Just I don't I don't have a plan. Just playing around with what I can do and seeing what happens. And that's true in crochet and watercolor and I think I'm probably the most structured with ukulele, but also the least talented. <laughs> <laughs> That's just for fun. For a long time, I didn't realize that I had aphantasia. I didn't know it was a thing. A couple of years ago, um, my husband came across it, and I was like, is this what you've been describing? Because I say when I close my eyes, I don't see anything. And um, people talk to me like, oh, well, of course, you don't literally see something. It's like in your imagination. But they don't understand that I don't. Uh, aphantasia means I don't have that imagination, at all. I close my eyes and it's dark. This is why my house is so whimsical because yeah. I don't have it in my head. I have to put it in front of my face. I think a lot of art for me has been like I wonder what my imagination looks like. I don't know. It's just solving mysteries. It's all a surprise to me. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I enjoy doing it. I don't always enjoy doing it. I enjoy being good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what's funny is when we sometimes turn our love for something into a job and we have to have that be the thing. I don't know if you have exactly that experience, but it's like if you're all of your bills and all the stresses of life are coming down on whether you get this thing right or not. Mm -hmm. And the people are kind of expecting their project delivered by a certain deadline. Yeah. I, I draw a specific line and it's, uh, I just, I just need to feel confident that I can do the thing. And then it's not so stressful to do it for a job. If somebody wanted to pay me to uh, help out playing the ukulele in a performance, I would say, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for thinking of me. No, thank you. Uh, that's a hobby. And I'm not confident in it. I just enjoy doing it and it relaxes me. I think yeah. that's the difference for me. Yeah, that makes sense. 
it's good to have hobbies like so in your opinion what are some of the best ways that someone can learn or cultivate the skills that you've learned as an artist let's um, say um i'd say practice and specifically don't wait to feel like doing it don't wait for inspiration don't wait for a muse because if you do you're going to be struggling to express that you know it comes in a rush and it feels great and if you don't have the skills to express it when it comes it's really disappointing and discouraging and people quit art over it yeah so you gotta practice when you don't feel like it you know 10 minutes a day just keep it going um and and if it feels terrible while you're doing it you know make sound effects like ugh. That's what I do. I complain the entire time, but I'm doing it, and that's what's important. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. Um, so then, can you talk about building your skills? Obviously, it's practice, but, like, building your skills as a photographer when you were starting. Right. And then building your skills as yeah. a, you know, visual artist in different mediums, whatever they may well, be. Well... Like I mentioned, I didn't do well in photography in school. And just a year after graduating, I started working for a company that trained photographers. Like, I mean, I can learn. And it's specifically portrait where the class was art. I thought maybe I'm better at portrait photography than artsy photos full of feeling. (laughs) Um, but, uh, capturing, I, I really wanted to try it, even though I wasn't confident that I would be good at it because we have this picture of my little brother when he was like 18 months and he had this this orange smear of color all around his mouth and a huge smile and it was because the only way they could get him to sit there and not, just not cry, just sit there, was to give him orange Tic Tacs. <laughs> and I love so much how that expressed part of his personality. It captured who he was. And there was always a story that came along with it. And I loved the story. And I wanted to be a part of that. So I went to get trained as a photographer, and it turned out I, uh, I was decent at it. And so my answer to getting these skills <laughs> would be get trained, at, you know. However, figure out how you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're an analytical like my husband, you can sit down and read all those photography books. But I could not. Uh, so hands-on, get trained... Um, and, and like working in a studio is not the hobby side of photography. It's not doing it for enjoyment. It's doing it to practice a skill. Um, and if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have once. So the muse came, she said, 
please take my picture. And I had done so many years of practicing this skill that when the inspiration struck, I was able to execute it and not feel discouraged. And like I wanted to quit art. (laughs) So I guess, I guess the path for me was skill. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about You know, what's the other side of skill? Creativity. Um, expression. All those beautiful things that turn it into art. Um, so the talent comes from the work, the the time that you put into it. It's not... Definitely. Yeah. It's um, not just... I'm not even an ideas person, so the fact that I've made some of the things that I've made is... Uh, surprised me because looking at them I would think oh somebody came up with an idea and then executed it I think you have ideas about yourself that are maybe slightly left of of true like you're not an ideas person but you come up with these brilliant ideas and then you make them happen I don't I don't have an idea though well like that's I mean cool. I'm, I'm definitely right. speaking very technically sure. about like a specific a definition. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I worked with models and got together and photographed them, and I just photographed them. And I say, you know, do some creepy poses. Do some, like, those are my ideas. Do mm-hmm. some cool poses. Right. And then I sit down, and I'm not like, oh, I'm definitely going to make, um, like, a fire fairy today. It's just, what would what could organically come from this From this, this image, from that spot, okay. So it's, it's not one the, piece at a time. It's one piece at a time. It's not the whole image. Right. I never see the whole image. Okay. Not a big picture person. Okay. Very focused on the details. Interesting. And so, just keep going until it looks done. Because yeah, go not ahead. an easy question to answer. No, no, that's right. I know that's when common. is it done? Yes, I won't. I won't ask it then, unless you want me to. When is it done? Yeah. Well, that's the question we're always trying to answer. Yes. <laughs> Do I have the it's answer? An, yeah. Well, I don't know. When I'm... I don't know. That's okay. So one thing that's really funny, I think, is um, because you look at the detail, right? That that spot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody's drawing a figure, you know, let's say they draw the hand first. Yeah. And then they draw the rest of the body. Well the hand is disproportionate to the rest of the body because they spent so much time drawing that. Usually, yeah. Off, Yeah, usually. Is that not something that you run into? Um, I think it's just a clunky way to learn how to draw, and it starts out out of proportion. And um, if you can, it's easier to draw the whole figure and then fill in the details. Uh, I'm drawing and I'm not doing that. I'm starting with the nose or the eyes, filling in other details of the face, building the body off of that. It's the wrong way to do it. (laughs) Okay. But it works for you. It's the only thing that works for me. Wow. Okay. That's cool that it works. I guess, uh, like you said in a post that I read, uh, you can tell if a chair is going to fit without, you know, measuring stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Spatial awareness. Spatial awareness. Yeah. And that other people may have to develop that to a greater degree to be able to do what you do 
in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So how has technology changed art for you? I would say, I know it's not the question, but the amount is not a lot. Okay. Because I started with the with. digital. Mm-hmm. But how it's changed for me over the years, I think most notably is having so much access to help and instructions and encouragement and community and inspiration. Um, Yeah, I love the internet for all those things. Right. Do you know a lot of other artists, like visual artists and photographers and... Um... I don't know if it's I don't know if it's me, but it seems like artists are kind of hard to befriend. It's true. In general. Yeah. I don't know if that is that uh, like I think it's a real thing. thing. Yeah, I think it's a real thing. I mean, I have a couple. I have a handful. I have people. I have like a couple of artistic friends that I'm just amazed that they talk to me. Um, but I don't know how. How did? How do you make? It's never me. It's always somebody else reaching out to me because when I reach out, I don't usually get a response. (laughs) That's sad. Well. Or um, on the other side of it, I will reach out to people that just have a similar interest to me and then if they feel like... um, like I'm better at it. <laughs> Things get really weird and awkward. Yeah. It's just so hard yeah. to make creative friends. Yeah, because there are all these an weird feelings about factor. like comparing yourself with people. I don't. I don't. I'll be in awe of someone, but it doesn't I also be their be their friend? Right. <laughs> you know? Like they don't make me feel like I'm less of a person. That's so, a good point. I just want to be friends with everybody. <laughs> Can I ask, when did art become your business, and how did your job change over the years, if you want to consider it that? You can... Yeah. Uh, well, it started as a job with the photo studio, and then um, I couldn't travel anymore. That job was 100% travel, and I wanted to stay home, uh, met this cool person, wanted to marry them, and not be away from them ever. And so I started teaching preschool and doing, and that, uh, and then when we got married, his mom gave me her DSLR. <laughs> I cried, I bawled, opening that in front of everyone. Just lost it. Um, such a big gift because those things are expensive. <laughs> and you know, I was just like an average or artists that can't afford all these tools to make all these things I want to make. So I started shooting freelance on the side. Like, I already had the skill. Now let's see if I can do it outside of a studio, outside, or set up a studio in my home. Like, uh, what can I make happen? And uh, it worked, and I made money. But never at any point did I feel like, I want to do this full time. It just takes so much energy. I feel like... Photographers need to be fit people, <laughs> and 
Um, I'm not a fit person, and I now have um, being in remission uh, against me. So I did have to make a lot of changes and be realistic. So I switched toward things that I can do that don't take as much out of me physically. Crochet turned out to be great. Um, that's something I actually tried to learn five or six times and failed miserably <laughs> and gave up and came back to it a year later. And it wasn't until I was going through, I guess, uh, just after chemo and I couldn't really work or do anything and I'm just sitting there bored all day and I was like, this is going to be, we're going to figure out crochet this time or else. Right. And it turned out to be a great way to play if you're the kind of person that doesn't mind you know if you if you're if you're like me and you can't picture things and you don't have a lot of strong ideas and you just want to play around if you can get used if you can pay attention to what's happening when you're crocheting you can play the what if and take it apart and start over and it's very forgiving and matched my skill set so I ended up there that's cool. And you have a lot of different things that you do with that, right? I mean, what um, are some of your favorite a... things to create with, with crochet? Little dolls. Little Cute dolls? little precious <laughs> dolls. Um, I do a bazaar once a year. That's the uh, energy I get. That's as much as I can do with crochet. What am I trying to say? I think I'm trying to bring it into um, with making with with my, with my job changing. I still haven't found something that I can just do full time. Right. And uh, it'll be enough. It's every medium wears you out in some way. Crochet hurts your arm if you do it too much. Um, so you know, music, you gotta rest your your <laughs> voice, you gotta the carpal tunnel, yeah. the um and with photography, like can you be on your feet all day? Can you bend down and crouch and hold weird positions? Can you climb up on things and balance yourself while getting a good shot? Um it's a very dexterous job. So uh I guess I've been more open to doing a lot of different things and saying that's my thing, doing a lot of different things, not not doing them all year, not being able to say yes to every request because I have my limits. Yes. Yeah. Because if people saw your photography and what you've been able to create with the photographs, they'd be, you would be super in demand and you would have to say no a whole lot, which you probably already do. I mean, I've had yeah. you do, I think, three photo shoots over the years in different forms, you know? I'm, a, I'm, uh, I'm flattered that you say that. <laughs> I don't know the answer. I hide a lot. Yeah, so I, it's cool. I haven't even tested, you know, would that be in high demand? What is a song or album or artist that you would recommend listening to? Hmm. Um, I've been stuck for years 
on Jenny Owen Young's. Um, I think my I. I think the album I would recommend would be Unwavering Band of Light from her. I feel like music is so personal and it's weird to That's okay. Uh you know, make a suggestion yeah, right. broadly like that. Like everybody check out this person that uh, specifically helped me through dark times. And um And also, I can't even put to words why. Right. That's okay. It's it's very subjective, and that's okay. Oh, my okay. gosh. Yeah. Music is, you know, a mystery. That helps me see how, how people look at some of the art I do, because when I look at music, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Looks like magic to me. <laughs> well, I think there's magic with all art, though. You know, it's just figuring it out and putting in the time and the work, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, and that kind of brings us to the next question, is creativity or skill more important as an artist? So we have somewhat talked about that, but not not mm-hmm. specifically. So. Like, what's more important? I'm, like, I'm on team skill, I guess, but I that could very well just be from my experience. Um I think I like I'm just guessing based on all these children I've been around that there are some people that are it's easier for them to be creative so work on the thing that's not easy which skill is, is hard skill. work on the skill skill was hard for me I've um I started out a lot drawing and painting as a kid that's what kids have access to markers and scissors and stuff and I have dyspraxia which um I think that it's defined as like uh, otherwise known as clumsiness (laughs) um but I had doctors when I was a kid giving me those hand squeezing tools because my my hands weren't strong enough I was holding pencils the wrong way and dropping things all the time Um, so yeah, I'm drawing and I can't picture what I want to draw in my mind and my hand isn't uh, doing it the right way, but, but I have to work on it. I mean, skill was like, obviously your skill is going to be lacking when you have so much working against you and creativity was a lot easier for me. And I, um, only when I got into adulthood was I like, maybe I should see about, like, how do you become more creative? It never <laughs> crossed my mind. <laughs> it was already there, though, to some extent. If the skill's yeah. there, the creativity can come more easily, I think. I would agree. Yeah. That makes sense. But the work makes the skill. Yeah. Um, What's funny is it reminds me of, I, it wasn't exactly the same, but when I was growing up, we had these little plastic rubbery triangle things that we had to put on our pencils to try to yeah. learn how to write. Yeah. And uh, I hated those. They got in the I way for how I really wanted too. to hold it. And I tried to follow the way the teacher was making me write. 
and I couldn't do it. And I think she, I think I might have even gotten like my hand like whapped with a ruler for doing it wrong so wow. many times. Wow. I don't remember if that's like afterwards. But that's I put the general that attitude. Together, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was somewhere around kindergarten or first grade, but uh, I think first grade, I had a really mean first grade teacher. Yeah, no, I remember, like, I think my teachers were nice enough, but it was just, like, that's a hard rule. You learn to hold the pencil this way, or I have failed as a teacher, let's get this done. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was, I, no. I still don't Wouldn't, hold. I still don't, yeah. Yeah. I still hold it the wrong way. Yeah. My thumb across the pen. That's funny. Can I see the pen? Let me see. All right, so this is how I do it. Is that does that look wrong to you? I write like that sometimes. Do you? Um, so I wrap my finger all the way. Here. Yeah. Like grip and pinch. Grip and pinch. Some yeah. Little pinchers. If I'm doing something okay. with detail. It's pretty close. Yeah. So that's. But if I'm writing. Um, yeah, you have both my, of those. Your thumb fingers. is supposed to be pressing down somewhere at the pen, okay. and I don't use my thumb tip at all or my thumb. Oh, wow. Yeah, that just is using different. using my fingers. Wow. But it works. Yeah. Cool. The more you know. Yeah, um, and it never did any, like, permanent damage. <laughs> didn't stop me from getting a job. Turns out it really wasn't as important as they made it out to be. I know. Uh, I think there's a lot of that going around. <laughs> All right. Um, are there any hurdles that you've had to overcome as an artist? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aphantasia and dyspraxia. Mostly mm-hmm. physical. Physical. Okay. Uh, um, my motivation has always been there. Um, I'm not... I'm not easily discouraged by failure. Like, you just make a mess. And one of the messes is going to look cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I've seen a lot of messes look cool. Yeah, so everything I've had to overcome has usually been something's going wrong with my body, so I can't. So I have to figure out a way around it. I think that a lot of children become creative thinkers when they have that sort of a situation. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They're not holding the pencil the right way. They have to be creative, like whether it be pretending you're holding the pencil the right way whenever <laughs> the teacher's looking your direction. Like you have to learn how to creatively navigate this world that won't let you be the way you are well I think each one of us is really you know unique and doesn't fit into the box that we're supposed to fit in yeah there's like one big box and nobody well I mean probably one or two people there might be a couple but but yeah (laughs) um so how should an artist learn to see to notice the depth in a, you know, how do you know when to snap the photograph or what part to focus on or how to shade a drawing or? Right. Um, I think that's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Can you speak to the 
just the photograph first and then we can go on to the other? Sure, like when to take the picture. Um, I rely a lot on my emotions. Um, is it making me feel something and is it making me feel something that I want to share? So if it's making me feel something, then that's a time to take the picture and um, it might end up being something that I don't want to share. So I have some art like that. And then um, every once in a while while capturing things that make me feel, I say, oh, I want to share that feeling with other people. I think others will enjoy that. And that's what guides me. So is it a, it's an emotional intelligence, would you say? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I was, uh, uh, I didn't mention when you asked what I was like as a kid, but I cried a lot. I was a very emotional child. But you were an easy, like, your parents thought of you as an easy child to raise? Yeah, you know, not like, train, entertain so. me, entertain me, look at me, entertain me, look at me. Right. I didn't want a lot of attention. Actually, when I was emotional, I especially didn't want a lot of attention. So, uh, I... And quick to tears is not, um, it doesn't mean always sad, you know? Uh, just so overwhelmed that I cry. I cry more when I'm happy. That's, you know? Yeah. You laugh so hard, you cry. Right. That's a common <laughs> thing uh, for me. As an adult, that's almost the only time I cry because, uh, you know, after cancer and I guess like you're, what do you call it? The line moves for what what makes you cry. Probably pretty far. Yeah, yeah, pretty far. Yeah. So I I don't if I laugh if I cry as an adult it's because I'm so happy so overwhelmed with joy or love that I start weeping I like almost start crying thinking about it because love is so neat. It is it's neat. I like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but sensitive is definitely an accurate word for me. That is a, yeah. The, the emotions are, are, are... That comes naturally. Uh, yeah. They're there and they're loud. <laughs> but you've learned how to put them to good use. I think. Um, I also feel that way. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people where they're lacking, you know... Uh, we try to, you know, hide from our troubles and try to, like, you know, escape and... Oh, that's, that's, um, you know, I think that those people uh, are also better at doing that because anytime I've tried to do that, it just, like, comes bursting out of me at the worst time. You know, like... I don't, rem I don't remember stories very clearly, but I would say that, you know, being in school and having someone look at me funny and me bursting into tears because I was holding in something that happened like six days ago uh, probably accurately describes my childhood. Wow. Because you're not supposed to be so sensitive and emotional, so you oh, gotta right. like hold you it in. And I'm not good down. at that. When yeah. you're not good at it, you gotta figure out some other way. Yeah, wow. Okay. Would you describe yourself as disciplined with your art when you're learning it? I, or, or more focused, I guess, oh, might be a better um, word. 
Focus is an excellent word. I an ideal situation for me is finding something interesting and then um, focusing on it for days on end um, to the exclusion of brushing my hair or <laughs> eating or talk or remembering that other people exist. Um, yeah. So that's focused. I think it's called hyper focus. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the that's definition I, of it. That's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. Wow. How well do schools prepare kids for the real world? Mm. <laughs> I know, it's tough. It's a tough um, That uh, the people who are trying to prepare children for the real world are not given the resources that they need to do a good job or the job at all. So um, I guess my answer would be not great, but also not the fault of the people who are doing the job. Yeah. I've talked to many people who have been trained as teachers and some of them have left the job because it's like, okay, I want to help kids, yeah. but I'm completely limit, limited by the system, by yeah. the standardization of everything. You know, here, here's, here's what numbers we need to see by the end of each term or whatever that is. And um, it's yeah. really unfortunate because the system's flawed. And uh, specifically why I went for preschool and nannying mm -hmm. and summer camp type jobs, because um, I would have an attitude problem, like a major attitude problem. You're asking me to do a job and you're not giving me the tools to do it. And I would be every day complaining about it. Right. And it's it really takes something to to work to navigate that system and still be an effective teacher. I wouldn't I be think. an effective teacher. Right. Like the people that are doing it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Against all of those odds, still, and some of them <sighs> teachers are cool. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Because there's a lot working against them all the time. And there's, you know, they have to answer to a lot of people that that don't know job. as much. It is a very important job. And, and you're answering a lot of times to people that don't know as much as you do. You know, they're mm. not in the class. The people that are making the rules are not mm -hmm. in the classroom. But that's normal. Yeah, I know. Everywhere. <laughs> it is. Some people just like to make rules. Yeah. There's a lot of rules. Can you tell us about your current projects and where you would like to focus your energy? Um, I have a schedule in the last two years that I've uh, developed, so I'm still uh, playing in that and, and figuring out what will work. Mm -hmm. um, but I do... Um, like, I pick the, kind of go with the seasons and change my projects that way. Um, photography is only when it's nice out, um, which is not often, <laughs> turns out. And, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> That's about as much as of, of it as I can do. And um, crochet in the fall to get ready for the bazaar. And 
this time of year I'm trying to get myself to write more crochet patterns because I can sell those um, on Etsy. I've got a few up. I've got a Handmaid's Tale doll and a donkey. <laughs> uh, so I want to get more of those up. Yeah. Can you tell us, uh, tell the listeners where they can find your work if they want to mm. support your art, you, I your Etsy store? or I believe everything can be found on my website, kaminakapow.com. I just redid it so cool. a couple of things are missing my whole photography portfolio is not <laughs> oh. maybe maybe i'll have it up cool by the time yeah this is uh aired do you have prints available for sale as well there is linked on my site to society six which is one of those uh, sites where you can upload your art and then they print it mm -hmm. and send it out so, yeah, I've got watercolors and things up on there for uh, going like phone cases and prints. and. Wow, that's amazing. You could get a shower cool. curtain with my art on it. That's very cool. <laughs> nice. I think they'd all make very weird shower curtains. Yeah, probably so. Um, I would be entertained to see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I will link your website and your if you like your Etsy store. Is that all? That's available on your website as well. Uh, yes, okay. and I as far as where I'm at online, I'm on Instagram publicly. Um, yeah, all my crochet on one account and my drawing on a separate account. Very cool. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I'll link those in the show notes so people can check out your work there Thanks. as well of course all right uh so that looks like the same question sort of number 24 actually the numbers might be different so um what current or future plans do you have for your music arts creative works or business is that kind of the same thing i i've like cut out some um of their... i think i would add one more and it can just sure. like be added on the tail of the other one too but um i am on a my my art is on the cover of a novel that's coming out by jen dashney called other lives um so that's cool i've always wanted to be on a book cover um i think that if my digital art belonged anywhere it would be on book covers that makes a lot of sense actually having seen quite a bit of it <laughs> um so i would say that's uh I, that's that's a future goal but it's uh, not not one that i work hard at because i've been discouraged so much reading about how you get to be a uh it's who you know if it's going to major publications i'm sure but but Any, yeah, anybody no, this can is publish something. a friend of mine. Right. Yeah. So anybody can publish something on, uh, you know, Kindle or whatever. All right. So what other artists, musicians, photographers, creative people would you recommend for people to check out? I really like, and I hope I'm saying his name right, 
<laughs> Shah Kashani. Okay. Um, he is a storytelling photographer, and he does series. Um, and they're right up my alley, for sure. Like, kind of a, a little dark, a little bit creepy, mostly beautiful and well-lit, and um, just kind of feels like you're looking at a mysterious place that's otherworldly without doing you know manipulation to make it look otherworldly you just feel that way looking in the dark forest at the person with the wolf mask on (laughs) um, nothing i say to describe it is is going to be as good as looking at it very cool so we'll check that out and then any other musicians uh, creative people that come to mind at the moment? I'm not really a, a fangirl. That's okay. <laughs> you don't have to be a fangirl. I'm so focused on... Doing your thing. Yeah. That's good. A lot of people get distracted and that kind of takes them away from their actual work that they're supposed to be doing. Uh, I would say that I... Like, there are a lot of artists that I follow. Um, Yeah. You could look at either of my Instagrams and see who I'm following, and all a lot of creative and talented people. But to just pick one or two out feels weird. Sure. That's all right. (laughs) They're all great. Well, there you go. No, I think that's great, though, that you are able to focus on, on your craft and what you're contributing you know as opposed to getting caught in the weeds of (laughs) you know I think a lot of people it's like I one of the the filmmakers that I'm have recently started following D for Darius uh, Darius Britt um, he gives an idea of people that are trying to learn how to do what he does and he's like spend half of your time studying and half of your time doing it you have to do it you can't just read Mm -hmm. a book and watch a video and then know it and i found that with my camera recently like it's like okay iso and aperture and all this like i'm reading the book this is all making sense i'm watching the video this is all making sense and then i take the camera out in the woods and i'm like how do i do that do you ever, thing again. Do you ever feel though, like sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm reading instructions, or sometimes I'm looking at somebody else. Like I'm scrolling my Instagram feed, seeing all these illustrations by really talented artists, and I'm like, all right, well I'm gonna go do it now. <laughs> and then you sit down, and it's like, how do you apply any of it? Ah, uh, true. Yeah. You, you have to do it. Yeah, you have to. Because it does. Because looking at it sure doesn't translate. At least not for me. Same here. So if you could go back in time and give your 16-year-old self some advice, what would it be? I think that, I don't know about advice, but maybe assurance that um, I, I will become a patient person. <laughs> I was very impatient, and it was painful. Uh, Impatient and impulsive, and 
I would probably reassure myself, but it's not always going to feel that way. And as you age, you know, patience comes and, you know, we shout at young people to be more patient and they're lacking something, but I don't think it's something that doesn't just, sink in. You become patient through time. And you can't speed it up. Yeah. 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 So how how do musicians and creatives keep from being obscure? I feel like there's there's a disconnect between what people need in life and what they're given. Although mm-hmm. if you're doing the work and putting in the time, maybe you don't need to be given anything. Maybe you earn it. I don't know. What are the uh, negatives of being obscure, would you say? Ah, okay. Well, if it's something that you're trying to make your job, your living. Right. Then you can't If you're going to if you're going to be obscure, you have to be really loud so that you can find all the other people that like your one weird thing. Okay. So obscure as in like uh, underground like an underground, you know, success basically. So fewer people know about it. Maybe you're in the point five percent of. I would say that you have to yell and find people to like to like your stuff. Like I like to. Okay, for example, I like to draw these weird-headed creatures. I really enjoy it. I haven't really found anybody else that enjoys it they look at it and they're like what are you doing and that's weird and it's something I really like to do um if I I don't but if I did want to make money doing that I would have to start uh advertising being really loud um you know going everywhere I can to get my stuff promoted so that those other few weirdos in the world that like this strange monster face thing would pay for it. Um, So that art you do because you want to. Yeah. I don't think, uh, unless you want to play life on hard mode, I wouldn't try to take something obscure and sell it. Right. So you're saying, like, how do you not be obscure? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, figure out what people want. Yeah. It's hard. Well, figuring out what people want, but like, in order for me to do my best work, I can try to listen to pop songs right now mm. and copy the formula that they're following. Right. And get somebody who looks a certain way that fits a certain whatever and have them record the song and then promote it that way. Well, you don't sound but excited about it. That's not me so. doing my best work, right? right? And if you're not excited about that, is it really going to be? So then I can create my best work, whatever that is, mm-hmm. as it relates to me, and then put it out there, and I still don't have medical insurance. Yeah. Because it's not popular enough to um, support me in that way. So, yeah, I so would then say I work luck, four probably. four jobs. Luck? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a very tough question because I think... There's uh, the second that you turn it into what you need, then it becomes a different thing. Yeah, you need to have been born under better circumstances. You need to have uh, 
had, um, you know, family that can help you financially. You need to live in a society that values art. Right. A lot of it is out of our control. True. <laughs> so, but this is the impetus for me starting this whole sort of community and trying this is because I think what you produce is much more valuable than what you've been able to get out of it. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. So I think um, people should know about that. Thank you. Yeah. So hopefully it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, how important do you feel that music and arts are to society? I believe in the restorative power of beauty and um, you feel a certain way standing in nature or listening to a song, um, getting lost in a piece of art or a book and these things all help with our emotional health and I mean I don't think it's too far to say some of us need a little more help with our emotional health (laughs) than others yeah so I'm not gonna broadly say that art is important and necessary to a hundred percent of people but for the people that it is important to it does a lot and I think I think so many people don't put the emphasis or the importance on it that they should uh, and should it I hate the word should um, but I think there's a lot of noise in the world and a lot of distractions and I think that like you said restorative um, I think everybody needs sort of something restorative in their life um, some time to sort of decompress and be mm-hmm. in something that's maybe greater than ourselves in a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Should musicians and creatives just go for it or should they get a stable job and do their art on the side? And I know that's a big question and could be answered <laughs> in a million ways and you probably yeah. have examples of well, I am not a risk taker, so... Interesting. Um, I did not... You know, my first creative job was somebody else is running this company. I'm not just stepping out trying to work for myself and freelance. Um, I'm going to put my trust in someone else to help me grow up and learn what I need to learn. They did help me learn a lot of the business side, Um they gave me the opportunity to start training other photographers, which taught me a lot about photography. Teaching. You learn a lot yeah. by teaching. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, what was the question? <laughs> um, well, I think you answered it. It was about should people just go for their art and drop everything and just run, you know? I mean, if you've got a support net to fall into, you know, I probably would have been riskier, but I didn't have that. So I was as risky as I could handle the consequences. Yeah. I think that's really smart. 
um, you can do a lot in your extra time. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to just drop everything and run. You yeah. Know? Um, and I tried shifting from teaching full time to doing more. I, I have, I had two eBay stores. Now I have one. Um, and I just sell, it's just transition, you know, just whatever you buy stuff cheap and sell it for more. Um, but it's basically cash flow. Like I, I rented a warehouse for like a year and a half and I needed to get out of there, you know, break my lease, but I, I ended up paying for an extra couple of months and whatever. But it was just all like looking at all the numbers and the reality of this. It's just like, I'm putting, I'm working like, like this is a sweatshop. I'm not getting profit really. And you know, I enjoy teaching. I just wasn't making enough doing that. So I needed to do more. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I have, luckily a situation where my husband can mostly support me and is willing to and is happy to be a patron of the arts yes so i i'm in an ideal situation and i think that um i'd be struggling a lot more if i didn't have that Mm -hmm. but i think you're doing great work so yeah all right we just got a couple more here What's the difference that you see between professionals, semi-professionals, and hobbyists with art? Hmm. And then maybe even talk about yourself sort of in those different ranges. Right. Well, I was going to go straight for myself. So It's good. <laughs> um, I feel like I kind of um, brought it up a bit earlier with ukulele and, you know, if somebody wanted to hire me. Um, no, thank you. But I think that I don't know that I would separate professionals and hobbyists so much as I would uh, try to define what a profession is versus what a hobby is. Yeah. Um, that works. So if you want to... I think the th- in the areas where I would call it a profession, something that I sell, I would say that there is, I think a hobby is um, for having fun and relaxing and um, not a means for survival. <laughs> and there are going to be things that you do for fun that you shouldn't do for survival. That's very true. Um, I think that professional, if you're going to go professional with something, it would be because you enjoy sharing what you're doing with others. And there's a little more wiggle room to you're willing to change what you're doing to satisfy what someone wants um if you have a really specific vision that you don't want to budge on maybe that's your hobby 
if you have just a service that you like a skill that you would like to share with others then you can sell it and be flexible and you can probably have more success being a professional in that area that's good yeah would you say uh if i if i rephrase that just a tiny bit sure um Somebody who excels at sort of their voice in in a area of art, let's say, um, you know, you can be the best you. Like nobody else can can out copy. If they're trying right. to copy you, they yeah. can't do that as I well w- as you. I welcome can. people to copy me. Yeah, I think it's fun because you're not me, so you're gonna come up with something different, and I'm probably gonna like it because I like what I make. <laughs> exactly. So. Why not? Right, right. And that used to be an honor. Like with classical music, it was like if you took somebody's theme and you wrote a variation on it, it was considered an honor. Now you get sued for it. But that's another thing. All right. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, So how can music and art help people? Uh, While I was sick and my head was bald, I went and made a series of self-portraits that were self-expressive, and specifically one set was my head against a spacey portrait, um, or a spacey background, and my hair as clouds, and it was uh, a portrait of me and it was more strongly my personality um, rather than a person with cancer, which had slowly become my identity. Um, so it was, it was something that pulled me back to who I was and reminded me that I'm not I'm not just a sick person. I'm someone with their head in the clouds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I enjoy that I expressed who I was in that picture, but um, I I did enjoy that, like for lack of a better phrase, I couldn't have done that picture if my head wasn't bald. And I could have shaved my head, but you know, it like it's a is it as meaningful? Right? Yeah, <laughs> I shaved my head today, and I wouldn't be able to <laughs> yeah. have that. I used, uh, I took my situation. I uh, used art to uh, give myself some he- emotional healing. That's huge. I think that's the best, you know, art. And if I may say, you know, you have mentioned that you don't recall stories or tell stories, but that photograph is much better of a story than we could have had. Right. I think um, it's not that I can't tell a story. It's that I cannot recall them on command. Okay. I, ha- I have to be yeah. walked into it. Sure, sure, sure. And then 
oh, here comes the memory knocking right. on the door. Yeah. I didn't ask for it. It just showed up. <laughs> okay. So what skills are important for everyone to learn? This could be taken as artists, musicians, creatives, or literally everyone. What is a skill that's important to learn? Yes. Um, well, for me, it's been communication. Um, I was very confused growing up, uh, especially socially. Um, so learning how to communicate it didn't just improve my day-to-day life. It helped me figure out what do I want to say with my art? Um, who do I want to be? Like developing the language to express yourself and communicate with others. And communication, uh, it doesn't have to be words. Um, True. Just figuring out clear ways to communicate, if it's through your art, if it's so, just talking to people, it's going to be helpful. Yeah. So when you said developing the language, I like that because it's not necessarily the words. Right. Right. Uh, You know, I had a uh, person in my life that referred to sort of the way men communicate as pointing and grunting, Hmm. you know, basically sort of the (laughs) Cro-Magnon style communication, which uh, I it's not my strongest thing. Uh, honestly, that's, uh, I communicate that way a lot. Sound effects. Right. You get what I mean, right? Yeah. (laughs) What is it like working with other artists? Oh, um, lovely. (laughs) You know, when they'll do it. Um, I haven't had, I want to say I haven't had a lot of experience, but I think more accurately, I haven't worked uh, with artists as much as I have wanted to. I love uh, collaborating, and I love when two people can get together and make something cool that neither of them could have made on their own. Uh, It's always fun to me, so I always want to be, as much as I have energy for it, I want to do it more than I even have the energy to do it. It's just a constant desire. Um, It is tricky to find people you're compatible with, though. I think that is important. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just from the perspective of doing music, you know, seeing people come in the shop and talk about their band, and they're like, yeah, the band's not playing together anymore. It's like... I'm not surprised, <laughs> you know, because uh, pretty much that happens with every band. Whether it's like this person's moving or this person's mm-hmm. wife doesn't want them to be right. gone four nights a week or whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, it all makes sense. I've, um, uh, I've worked on a lot of projects that have gone nowhere. Uh, I tried to tell a story with a small group and... And every time I go into it, I anticipate it going nowhere. I'm not here for the end result. I'm here for, ooh, what am I going to learn from all these people that have different skills and, you know, just uh, enjoy hanging out with them and being creative while it lasts because there's no guarantee you're going to come up with something. And I don't think that it's a failure if you don't come up with something. True. It gets you started in in something, whether it... 
you know, it it rarely goes the way we think it's going to go. I think, (laughs) you know, it's like, I'm not steering this ship. It's going somewhere, but (laughs) we'll see. Yeah, just letting, yeah, in general, feeling like letting, life is just happening to me. I'm just going to get punched in the face and <laughs> let's see how I react this time. <laughs> so is there a way that as artists we can work together, help one another, and maintain our creativity and our own vision for our journey? So you mentioned collaborating. Yeah. So you're talking more um, doing a job together. Yeah, Maybe. Maybe like a little more serious. Trying to get some work done together. Trying to get some work done together, yeah. Mm. So if there's a project, let's say it's a, yeah. a you know, media project or something I like that. I am big into individualization and taking what, uh, taking into consideration both what each member is good at mm-hmm. and what they enjoy doing because yeah. it's not always the same thing. And you sure. need to give them a little of both. That's huge. I love that because it's, it actually answers the question. Yeah. <laughs> you have to give them a um, little of both. Yeah. I, so that's uh, teaching art to at? preschoolers is where that comes from. And um, working, when I was a portrait photographer for the studio, there was a lot of working in teams, trading back and forth, having to figure out how to work with other creatives that you don't mesh well with. Uh yeah, gotta let people do what they want to do. And then also maybe, okay, but you also have to do what you're good at and take this, a little bit of grunt work. Yeah. Is there anything else you think we should talk about? Oh, covered a lot. It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and for uh, sharing your art with us. And I, uh, I enjoy all of your big questions (laughs) I barely have answers to but I think they're good questions for us to try to answer yes yeah that's all we're doing is trying you know (laughs) I mean just ready fire aim I mean uh, (laughs) sorry (laughs) that sounds like that's probably how I do it (laughs) sometimes that's how I do it too that was uh yeah a quote from a friend of mine from a long time ago but it it uh, good one yeah i like that um well i will link to where people can find you in the show notes and i wish you great health and success you've been in remission for seven years that sounds right i want to say yeah that is amazing and you look happy and healthy and you are rocking a lot of cool art and the ukulele and uh having fun and laughing a lot yeah. And drinking coffee. Yeah. A lot of laughing and a lot of coffee. Brilliant. And when people aren't around, a lot of grunting and complaining <laughs> about how hard the work is. But yes, in general, I am enjoying life. Awesome. Well, I think it's, I think it's great to see. And I'm, you know, I think we're, we're all better for it. So. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Find out more at artmedianorthwest.com. A-R-T. M-E-D-I-A-N-W dot com. Mm-hmm.